What is up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Roll for Persuasion Live, which, by the way, sometimes we have audio issues. So if at any point you cannot hear me, say so in the chat so that I do not look like an idiot, because I would appreciate that. But welcome to another episode of Roll for Persuasion. Uh, It is always exciting to have you guys here, especially when we get to bring you a live episode with very cool, cool people. For those of you who don't know, Roll for Persuasion is a weekly, knock on wood, when I get editing done, a podcast where I chat with creators and creatives and tabletop gaming, entertainment, kind of whatever I'm into, I go and find cool people and convince them to come talk with me. I have two of those very cool people with me here today. We'll get to them in just a moment. But first, I want to give a shout out to the people who make sure this stream happens, and that is the awesome team over at Hero Forge. Hero Forge is the place to go if you want a custom miniature for your tabletop game, or if you just like having miniatures, uh, you can do that too. You don't have to play a game. It's fine. Buy them, paint them, do whatever you want. But oh, by the way, you don't have to paint them if you don't want to, because Hero Forge has color printing. You can literally go on there and create a miniature of any race, species, class, weapons, clothing. It's insane what they're uh, putting on there. Multiple arms if you're into that, sure. But you can paint it digitally and then they will print it in color, ship it right to you, and then you don't even have to paint it in real life. Um, It is the easiest way to make a cool custom miniature and they make this show happen. So a big thank you to Hero Forge and their support. I appreciate them very, very much. They are fantastic. And now I'm very excited because I want to go ahead and bring in my guests. We're going to bring in their cameras right now and give a big shout out and hello to Jessica and Emily from 20 Sided Stories. What is going on, guys? We're excited. Hello. Hello. Yeah, we are very excited to be here collectively. We the collective. (laughs) The collective. You are in agreement about your excitement to be here. I'm excited to have you here. Um, I now, well, I guess I have to get David now, but uh, <laughs> have essentially the entire 20 sided stories crew on my show, which for me as a fan is, uh, is very exciting. So I'm very appreciative that you guys took the time to come and join today. Oh yeah. Well, we're glad to be yeah. here. Thanks for asking. I heard you guys singing our praises on the Johnny Stanton episode. My, my podcast is just this far away from becoming just a 20 side stories fan podcast. So it's a fine line. I'm glad you said it. I'm glad you said it. Cause that is definitely what I was getting at. It, it was about to be. A, and maybe you could talk about us a little less, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. It's starting to get a little weird. Like, um, but for people who don't know, uh, one of y'all, both of you, I don't care who real quick, tell us what is, uh, what is 20 sided stories? Just go. Oh. Uh, 20 Side Stories is a fun in, uh, podcast. <laughs> Sage is like, take, I'm like, I think Sage had said it in your guys's, uh, in the episode that him and Travis said. It's kind of hard to explain sometimes, but it's, if I could try to do concisely, it is uh, an improvised tabletop, customized tabletop RPG um, podcast. It's kind of like part radio drama, part improvised, fully like incredibly sound designed um and we dive into different ips or uh genres that are familiar and kind of explore the fun chaos of each world and and i i tell people um that they really have to listen to it because when i say like fully sound edited like fully sound designed it's custom scored all that that doesn't really communicate i don't think um the fullness (laughs) of of the work that goes in, I Sage when um, Sage is again for people who don't know, he's kind of the I would say the mastermind behind it, yeah. at least the production of of the show, making it sound amazing and fantastic. Um, he spends like upwards of ninety to even more than oh, that yes. hours editing these things. 
if you haven't listened to it, go listen to it because it is a cinematic experience, literally unlike anything I've ever heard on a podcast before. And it's, it's one of those things you can't explain until somebody listens to it. So it's, it's a really fantastic show. And if you have the opportunity to listen to it with like spatial audio, which I know mm, the yeah. new AirPods do and yeah. things like that, he's designing in a 3D space, <laughs> uh, which is kind of insane. Like the first time I listened to it with spatial audio and I could like hear things behind me, I was like, no, <laughs> no, 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 no. This is too much. This is, this is too immersive. Yeah. yeah. It's all about the immersiveness. Um, and yeah, Sage takes... Uh, a lot of time making sure that that is and sometimes our episodes are delayed a lot and that's usually because sage is making sure that everything is because we all it know is, what it's it. like to for something to be released and then taken away because it's not ready to be released right um, like the sonic movie sonic movie just like the sonic movie <laughs> it's perfect analogy um so some of the some of the seasons you guys have gone through in the past you did a season that was pokemon so set in the world of Pokemon, um, again, just a joy to listen to, like, like the music and audio is fantastic along with the performances. Um, the, the season that I got into was the season you did, I guess, previously last year, whenever it was, um, Marvel, which, uh, was kind of telling the story of characters post snap spoilers. If you haven't seen infinity war, um, a thing called the snap happens and you were telling stories kind of in the midst of that. And that if was, really you cool. haven't heard of it by now. <laughs> that's on you, bud. Yeah, the time has passed. Um, but that that was super cool. If you like superheroes and, and what you guys are doing now, um, are, I guess, one shots, right. Of, mm -hmm. of various different IPs. You did, uh, the green Knight. you've done halo. You just recently did hospital dramas, which was hilarious. Um, I know, uh, you did twilight, which was also hilarious and you have others coming up. Um, so, what, what kind of goes into y'all's thought process? How is that? Uh, how do you, how do you figure out, um, what IPs you're going to go into? Like, is it things you're fans of? Is it just things that you think would resonate with people? What's the, uh, what's the decision-making process? There's a master list, yes. um, to start with. There's a, a shared note, um, with sort of just like every idea that we've ever had in it. Um, I think that there's definitely like a lot of things Sage has like in his mind, he's like, I definitely want to do that. Um, but at the beginning of the one shot season, um, we were very much invited to collaborate on all that, you know, pitch our own ideas. I think then we all gave our top five and then like, we sort of looked at where the overlap was and things like that. Um, and it was funny for the green Knight Cause like David had pitched Arthurian, mm -hmm. um, as like a genre. Uh, and I think he was the only person who said that. And then I saw there was a Green Knight RPG coming out and I was like, oh, shit, we're going to do that. Um, and David was thrilled because like he had pitched that. Uh, so it is it's both collaborative and also some of it's just like been definitely something that Sage or other people have wanted to do for a while. Sure. Uh, so it's a bit of a combo of that. Yeah, I think it's definitely a collective of like bottom line. Sage is the one who's going to be putting in hours and hours of listening to this over sure. and over again. So if he doesn't want to do one. Like we just won't do it. <laughs> um, but also, yeah, we did the whole top thing. And then we, we tried to also strategically think like which one in order to be released. And like when we thought about the Twilight one, me and Emily were like, you know, uh, what is it? Midnight Sun's coming out and there's right. a whole Twilight resurgence. Like we've got to do it now because uh, I think that was the one I fought yeah. for the most. <laughs> Which is a book I was I very excited for about years that. to come out. You know, read the leak chapters and all that. And now it's here and I have not looked at it. 
I I'm like, that it. stage of my life has passed. I need to, you know, I just need to. Did you read on. it? No, I haven't read. It's it's right here. It is huge. <laughs> like this oh thing God. is like as big as the Bible. Twilight was not that long. No, well, because we've got all the thoughts. I have it like right on hand, which is kind of embarrassing. Um, but because he think Edward can read everybody's, so we have oh, okay. everybody's internal monologue what a cheap way to get your page count up like oh my main character can read other people's minds so it's just pages of other people's random <sighs> stephanie meyer stephanie meyer she, she did it. i prefer stephanie mayer star of the twilight one shot <laughs> stephanie mayer not, not related to, to john yeah, mayer not to be confused with either stephanie meyer or john mayer for legal purposes um, for legal purposes. <laughs> so one one of the things, um, and, and you touched on this, I think, Jess, when you were talking, uh, do people call you Jess? I keep saying Jess instinctively, but is that a nickname you go by? Because people call me Drew sometimes and I have to give them the, Oh, you know, you're, you're like, no, I'm not a Drew. Mm -hmm. Are yeah. you, are you an Andy sure at all? Not. I will be a Drew before I'm an Andy. Some people do call me Drew. <laughs> Good to know. Uh, no one calls me Andy. I am. I've always been Jessica and then Jess kind of just, I think whenever people get to know, it's just so easy. It's easy shorthand yeah. so like i've definitely adapted to jess but i do have this like weird visceral reaction like how you said with drew and andy like if i hear jesse i get yeah. like not nothing wrong with being jesse but i'm just not sure. jesse. It's just not you i'm just yeah. not jesse but i uh jess is something i've kind of fallen into but you can call me jess you can call me whatever okay. well, whatever you want <laughs> <laughs> just not jesse just not um, jesse because i will but you, the, you'll hang up and leave the interview she'll snap. i'll be like this interview is over yeah done um, she's gonna throw a cell phone at her publicist again. <laughs> gonna go on the whole. Did you hear the? And we're totally off the rails, and that is exactly what I was hoping for. Um, did you did you hear Tom Cruise go off on people for like coronavirus? Yes. yes. I don't know how to feel about that because on one hand I'm like, yeah, yeah. But on yeah. the other go hand, he's the like time, the face of Scientology, and like, mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, like, yeah. I mean, he's not wrong. But Everything well, he said is was in right. The name of the religion. I mean, it, I you can't get much more logical than that, right? <laughs> That's why that's why the Christian scientists were really smart when they're like Christian science. We'll just we'll just okay. put that in there. On that note, how old were you when you realized that Christian science had nothing to do with science? Actually, actually pretty young. I, I grew up in the church uh, in like a church working family. And so that was kind of a, a, a thing I was aware of early on. It says science, but it's not a thing. Yeah. So pretty young. I had no idea. My whole life, I was like, the Christian science reading room. Well, that's cool that they're teaching kids science. I didn't realize that the science was Christian. <laughs> it wasn't actual science. It was just the word. I found this out like maybe six months ago. <laughs> no shit. So, you know, we all learn new things in the pandemic world, and that happens to be your one new thing you learned, and there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, I, I love learning uh, fun facts, uh, which is a perfect segue to um, yeah. Sage. I promised I would publicly call you out. Um, please add a fun facts channel to our Discord. By the way, we, we have a Discord. Your Discord and a fantastic Patreon, of which I'm a supporter, and I will make sure I drop the link in the podcast show notes and in the chat briefly. Um, you should go support them. Yes, we do fun them. things for patrons, and we do have a fun Discord. And if you're a patron, you can post memes, which is... Great. And someday, maybe we'll have a fun facts channel so you can expand By your someday, mind. someday, I mean end a day today. End I day endorse this yeah. message. I want to be smart. <laughs> so uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump back on the rails very briefly and then let us fly back off it again. Um, one of the things, Jessica, that you mentioned was that you guys do uh, custom systems for these podcasts. So I think a lot of people when they hear actual play are very familiar with Dungeons and Dragons, um, maybe less so with like Vampire the Masquerade and Call of Cthulhu or other popular ones. 
Y'all do your own. Sage makes these custom systems really kind of built around the IP that you're doing um, that are, at least from the outside looking in, seem very built to accommodate improv and like creative storytelling. Um, what is it? Does he do all that in a vacuum? What's the process where those like systems come from? Do you guys just sit down and he goes, this is what you play. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, actually. Usually. Um, in a, the perspective of someone who lives with him, uh, he usually marinates like a whole week of dedicating to like figuring out. And that's usually where his whole headspace is to, to design the game depending Mm -hmm. on what it is. But yeah, he'll usually just do it. And then we all meet virtually. And he's like, here you go. And we're like, okay. (laughs) We will do this. Which actually, speaking of your Patreon, um, is a fun thing that you do for patrons is you do the session zeros, which in this season where you've been doing one shots, that means there are a lot of them. Um, So we get to actually kind of hear you guys create characters and talk about how it's going to work and kind of figure out the game mechanics. And uh, so that's a super fun kind of peek behind the curtain about how the whole process goes down. Um, And I think it's very encouraging for people who are maybe getting into this and see the finely polished end product. And then they see the beginning and they're like, oh, it's not that hard. Like, it's just, it all comes out of chaos and friendship. So <laughs> It's true. Yeah, <laughs> that is what it comes out of. Yeah, we start silly, which I like. Um, you know, we have the opportunity to really play um, and, and do a lot of fun stuff. And then, you know, with that session zero, which we usually will do like, it's usually like a week before we end up recording, mm-hmm. right? Um, so then we have time to marinate on that as well. And then we're usually getting the game system a couple of days before we sit down to play. So we have like a nice lead in of like talking to other people about what we want to do, seeing how we all fit up, you know, how we can foil each other to a certain extent without like really truly metagaming. Um, and then we have time to like, think about it, refine that, get some of our shit together, see how we're actually going to play these characters, then get together and do a game. Right. That that makes a lot of sense. Um, And it's definitely, you know, again, I'm not here just to pimp your Patreon, but uh, it's definitely fun (laughs) to kind of hear the process that goes into that. Um, So, Emily, you came in, if I remember, on the Marvel season, right? That was kind of your first season on the show. And just I was not in Pokemon. Pokemon. Jessica, I guess you've been involved. I I know the very first season y'all did, I don't think you were on that. I've guessed. The the Western one. I I was a a guest star the in that guest star. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds so... Yeah, you were a guest guest star star on it. In the Macabreverse season. It was actually Travis and I uh, guest starred in the same episode where he played like this evil twerp and I was uh, (laughs) just some chick. (laughs) I'm doing great at selling myself. Um, But no, I've I've guested on, uh, because when Sage started 20 Sided Stories, I was living in LA at the time. So I would come visit and just do like one thing. And then uh, with Pokemon, that was like the first me being a bo- and really Full involved. On thing. Yeah. How would you say that the show has, has grown or changed or shifted from uh, Macabreverse to uh, where you guys are now with one shots? Um, I think we just like with anything, when you do it more and more, you just kind of like get it. It's like way clunky in the beginning. Sure. Um. And it's just kind of like finding your footing, like your role in it, I guess. Uh, Mm -hmm. With Sage, it's like, it's sometimes crazy. I'll even listen back to episodes and to hear the the evolution of his audio um, engineering Mm -hmm. is like crazy. And it's like inspiring as well. Um, So, yeah. 
I don't know if I answered your question. <laughs> oh, no, no. Yeah, no, I just, I want to give you room to say more. I was about to ask Emily the same question. I was like, well, you're on the, you're on your second run. So uh, <laughs> how, how is it different approaching one shot episodes that are, you know, an hour ish or whatever versus a longer, you know, like 10 episode or how, however many it was uh, season um, of a full story mentally making a character. How do you approach that? So I get very, very attached to my characters, just sort of as like a, as a rule. Um, I don't really know how to like go half in on mm. them. Uh, so for Marvel, I had, you know, 10 episodes with which to spend with this character and develop this character and live in this character and all that. And for the one shots, I almost had to like mentally sit myself down and be like, okay, you get one go. It's going to be okay. Right. Also, don't spend four hours on your backstory. It doesn't matter. Right. <laughs> it truly doesn't matter. Um, no, but it, it's more of like a, not necessarily a more casual approach because I think we're still very much putting in the same uh, level of commitment and effort. Um, it's just, uh, there. it's very different to build a character that you know you're going to have a whole mm -hmm. arc with um, versus building a character that gets one moment to shine. Um, because you definitely have to exaggerate certain things. You have to really, you know, find what the crux of that character is and what, how you want to play them for this one hour that you get to play them. Um, so it's definitely a different approach, uh, for me. Um, and that was definitely something I noticed as a shift between these two and like prepping for them, um, is that it's, it's a very, it's almost like, sorry to use a sports metaphor as someone who's not a <laughs> sport person, but it almost feels like actually okay this one's for you johnny uh where you were like i play different positions on the field and it's totally different there's like a learning curve like that it's like that where you're still same playing game, the same yeah. sport you're just playing a very different position that you have to adapt to mm -hmm. um which is a fun challenge it definitely is and also like we get to create a higher volume of characters sure. which is very fun yeah. as well does it impact the 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 improv approach, um, which, and, and I don't remember how many of y'all are like, like formally trained improv. I don't know why I did air quotes around that. I think it's cause I don't know how much formal training is available for improv. Um, I'm sure there's a lot, a, a lot. lot. Okay, so some of y'all, if not all of you are formally <laughs> trained in improv, does it, uh, does it impact how you approach the improv performance knowing that it's a one shot versus a full season? Does that make sense? Yeah, I think like, is it like, like you're like, I don't know. I, this is, this is where I get in my own head. Um, you have less time, like you said, to kind of tell that story. So then are you, are you kind of jumping in a bit more? Is it a little more like playful? Do you not give each other maybe as much room to, you know, pontificate or whatever? Cause you know, you've got a shorter time or am I making all that up? No, no, no. Actually, I think what you're saying is very mm -hmm. spot on because I think in Marvel, we had so much time to do drama and character development and all that kind of stuff. And in the one shots, it's like, go, 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 yeah. go, go. Like this has to be, you know, there's no stopping right. down so we can like have a, a tearful exchange about, you know, somebody's <laughs> traumatic past. Like <laughs> you gotta go. Yeah. And there's, there's been moments like even in, um, I think the most dramatic one we've had was green Knight of the one shots and that had a two parter. So, mm -hmm. um, there was more time yeah. for that. Uh, but it is, and it's with improv too. Um, and even acting in theater you know, cause, or just acting in general, like there, you, you, you have this time of dedicating, developing a character that you're 
playing with and then it's over. Um, and it's hard because it becomes like an identity for you. Like, yeah, definitely. Um, especially after doing Pokemon, uh, I felt like playing Candace almost like was liberating (laughs) in this unfiltered, uh, aggressive way. Um, so yeah, but the one shots are definitely a lot more like fun. Just kind of leave it there, be present and, um, try to up everybody's game. Sure. Do you guys have one so far that you've particularly enjoyed? I mean, I assume they're all a lot of fun, but do you have one you're like, Oh man, Halo was super fun (laughs) or Twilight was, I I think Jess and I probably have the same answer to this, but maybe not. Oh, I don't know. (laughs) Should we, you want to do it on yeah, three? Yeah, let's count it in. <laughs> One, One, two, two th- three. D- Twilight. Halo. Okay. Oh, really? Twilight. <laughs> well, so it's, that's why I was like, I'm not sure. Twilight and Halo were so different for me, but I felt like Halo was so chaotic. Twilight had like, they have different paces, but Twilight was also, I mean, that's selfishly, obviously it's Twilight. So I love it. And me and Emily got to be gay for each other in the we episode. Did. And that was lovely. <laughs> We're all about the representation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I think also, I don't know. I just, I loved the characters we came up with in Halo too. Just like overall, like I thought that they were mm. super wacky and fun. Oh my God. There's been some amazing art of Travis's character that I don't know if we're going to share it. <laughs> no, I, we will, but not soon. There's stuff in development, but that, and that's an example of Travis's character. Like he literally came up with that the, the day of. I felt so bad because I texted him when I was listening to that episode. I was like, dude, this Obama impersonation is like kind of on point. And he was like, what? I was like, <laughs> cause it was like, right. It was at the very beginning of the episode. Like right before he said Bernie Sanders, I was like, oh yeah, no, Bernie, Bernie, <laughs> Bernie, bro. I got it. Yeah. I mean, you were in the politician ballpark, at least. Right, yeah, democratic arena. Sure, Sure, presidential candidates. Yeah. It's close. Yeah, his Bernie was quite good. (laughs) Yeah, once I I understood what he was doing, I totally got it. Sorry, my bad, man. Um, But that is, that that is like part of, I think, what is so much fun as a listener and, uh, you know, enjoyer of what you guys put out is is the improv. Um, Because... Different shows to vary. I think different different actual plays and different podcasts have different things that um, really elevate them. Uh, you know, for some it's it's the pure humor. Some groups do you know humor really well, and some do you know drama really well, or or the uh, the voices representing their characters. And and I think part of y'all's pizzazz is really your ability and comfort improving with each other and putting together really good scenes. And obviously it's edited, so you know everything's tight. But just the the dynamic you can tell as a listener are really. But there. I, I want to say um, though, um, like we don't yeah, yeah. actually lose that much of the improv that we do. We lose a lot of like filler and things like that. But I never sure. listen to an episode back and think to myself, "What about these bits that we did?" Like it never feels as somebody who was there and did it. Mm-hmm. It never feels like it was like Frankenstein together. Um, sure. I, I really do think that Sage is very. Um, he allows a lot of the work that we do to stay in most of the work that we do to stay in. Yeah. And he does have to cut a bit and, but it's like Emily said, it's a lot of filler and it's a lot of like bits that we did, but maybe they just 
went on a little bit too much longer or like it could it just like we don't yeah but it's it's sure. rarely like you know we did a scene and he's trimmed it to make us funny it's like right, we did right. a scene and on either end of that scene we were like making jokes about something that just you know didn't fit it was a, didn't yeah. fit yeah do you feel like um because you guys used to record all these around a table in person <laughs> um how has how has doing it virtually how especially kind of maybe the first few episodes what felt really different doing it on zoom versus like hanging out i don't i mean maybe for me like i don't think it's much different but i'm also like incredibly introverted so i think it's almost like this beneficial thing but sage sure. and sage has said it it's benefited the podcast and his editing significantly because there's no mic bleed yeah mm -hmm. um especially because we get loud right. um <laughs> we are loud babies we are loud babies um <laughs> but it it is um i don't know i guess there it is difficult with technical d difficulties you know like sometimes sure. it takes like our mics will go out or like uh we've recorded in remotely so then like sometimes uh it'll drop uh but we're able to just pick it back up i don't know yeah. what about you emily i mean i really did enjoy like the table aspect of it just because you do feel it feels more personal i don't think that especially for myself and jess like the emotional scenes that we had together in marvel i don't yeah. know how i think we still could have done it rem you know remotely it's but, definitely different but you feel the like human connection to somebody you're able to read another person much better and for improv it's very important that you're reading the other person that you're in a scene with um <laughs> i mean from a very technical perspective i do think that recording remotely is better a because of mic bleed and b because when you're sitting around a table and you want to talk to somebody and you turn away from your microphone <laughs> it's like we were like losing people left and right because I would just want to like turn and have a whole conversation with somebody and forget that there's a microphone right in front of you. Right. It's very yeah. hard to fight the temptation to be like looking forward and like having people all around you. Yeah. Um, so having everybody sort of sat in front of you is also kind of helpful because you can go, you can ping back and forth between everybody and like play off of all of them in that way. So there's definitely pros and cons on both sides. But it also, and to point that out with like Marvel, that's like one of the reasons I think we did one shots as well, because, you know, it, we don't have to have that, like when we want to do another full season, uh, but we would like to do that in person. So, because there, there that is that, sense. you know, vibe of being together in a room, oops, something right. dropped. Um, it's probably your massive uh, Twilight book. Yeah, my Twilight collection, my shrine that's right here. You guys can't see it. <laughs> <laughs> so what what is uh, what is y'all's background in improv before kind of doing the show? Kind of how did you how did you get into it? Um, where where did that interest kind of stem from? Jess is our improv queen, the most trained improviser of all of us. <laughs> so I will I'll let her tell her tale. Well, it's actually yeah, well, it's funny because I didn't I joined improv the same time Sage did. Uh, Sage and I met. Like six six plus years ago, and we joined the improv team that um, our one of the podcast founder Greg, who was in Pokemon and all the other previous seasons, um, him and Sage started, and he was like the co like the leader of the team, and uh, I did that, and then I when I moved to LA, um, I had I went to an acting conservatory. They did improv there, and then I've been taking improv at UCB, Upright Citizens Brigade in LA, 
Uh, and then since the pandemic, I've been doing the most improv I've done in my entire life. I've, I, through UCB, I've joined like practice groups and they meet like three nights a week. Oh, wow. Um, and I've been doing that since like May or June because I needed something to like keep me sane in these crazy, crazy days. Um, so it's been, yeah, that's basically the extent of my improv experience and training. And what kind of initially, what drew you to it? I mean, what was the, the thing where you said, I'm going to go take a class? Well, I, when I joined the team, I didn't even, when the very, very beginning, I had no idea really what improv was, but everybody in the drama department around us was like, you should join. You'd be great. It'll be fun. And I kind of did it because my friends were doing it. Mm. <laughs> but when I moved to LA, uh, I just really loved See, like, speci specifically with UCB, um, going to like an Ask Cat show that they would do. Um, Ask Cat's a funny name for those who don't know, and I don't. Yeah, really know I was they, you want to explain that one? I mean, I don't I'm, even know if I can. Is it an acronym? It might be because there's like four S's in Ask Cat. Yeah, it's like Ask Cat. It, but it's probably something absolutely ridiculous. But they, they, UCB would do these free shows on Sunday that you'd have to like get there an hour early to wait in line. Um, and all these crazy, amazing, like I've seen Zach Woods and, um, oh, me Mary, too. He's so fucking he's good live. He's the smartest improviser I've ever seen in my yes. life. And it's like, yeah, mind boggling. Okay. It's mind boggling. Um, and I think I remember my first show, one of my favorite improviser of all time is Mary Holland who uh, co-wrote Happiest Season, if you've seen it. Oh. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she, mm -hmm. um, her and Clea Duvall. But anyway. Uh, I'm going to blame Clea instead of Mary for that one. <laughs> I'll blame producers, honestly. Um, but uh, <laughs> I love her a lot, and I saw her improvise. And there's something really cool, and it's like magic. It's like a magic trick. Sure, sure. Because... I think innately everybody is very funny and has like ideas and we all love seeing the familiar thing happen again and seeing callbacks happen. And, mm -hmm. and, and it's fun to watch people who have trained so much in improv kind of like do all these mind trickery on yeah. stage. And you're like, Whoa, you're smart and funny. Um, <laughs> and I'm like, I want to be smart and funny. So <laughs> I desperately do improv so many times a week to reach that <laughs> it's good for us though the more jess ups her game the better we have to get by proxy just, <laughs> so just it's good it's good for us i i very much hope because having spoken now to a few different people um who either uh are familiar with the improv scene or, or do it um i had someone else uh, another emily on who actually works at hero forge uh who i think was involved with second city or something um so big in improv um, I've had a few different people on. So all that to say, I was very excited when uh, the Middle Ditch and Schwartz special came out on Netflix because I was like, cool, I could care less about 37,000 comedy specials coming out. I would love to see all these great improvers that I know exist just doing shows in front of me. So my hope is that that will kind of like spark a bit of a thing where we get to see more of these performances for those of us who do not live in places like Chicago or L.A. or, or wherever that the scene might be big. Um, or when there's pandemic and we can't go see anything anyway, um, I'm very hopeful that that will kind of become more mainstream, if you will. Yeah, me too. And I think, agree. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I can get all like 
cheesy and 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 like corny about improv and just acting in general but i truly mm. think that it it makes you more self-aware as a human and kind of like being able to see the funny in the world when everything kind of seems to be overwhelming and sad uh yeah. I mean, that's literally why they teach it in like corporate settings, yeah. too, is because the ability to communicate like that, the, the ability to listen to somebody sure. and build on what yeah. they're saying is invaluable. Yeah. I think it's, it's very much, again, once the pandemic ends, but um, maybe there's an online group I can join. That is that is one of my like 2021 goals is to like finally, and there, you know, there is. There's a there's a lot of improv workshops and classes that you can take uh, via Zoom. Um, and I mean, I've I super recommend it because the only difference is you can't really do any like big space work. You can stand up if you want and th yeah. that's encouraged, but you can't do like the zip zap zow, whatever it is. Game. You'd be surprised. <laughs> We've, I mean, can you do zip zap zap over zoom? I also, don't, it's just a great I sign feel like I've probably done it <laughs> once, but I, I, we've done like, there's an improv exercise that I did once that surprisingly went well with like a group of 12 people where, uh, we each it's like, Oh fuck. I forget what it's called. Sorry. I no, don't you're, you're allowed to swear. It's okay. <sighs> this, oh yeah. This, we should have asked that. That should have been our question. Very explicit. So, okay. Yeah. Oh, dang it. Um, <laughs> cut off but, the back uh, half the episode. We just we just did an improv game that actually worked where we're saying we have to listen for um, it's like categories. So like mm -hmm. it'd be cereal. And so we it's like zip zap zap. But like you're waiting for your cue, like my cue would be Fruit Loops and I have to say Cheerios. And at the same time, I'm li I'm listening for rain so I can say snow. And it's just like all these like. Big thing, yeah. big, big that. So, I mean, you'd be surprised what people can get away with on Zoom. I've been surprised. So I encourage anyone. To go and try check it and out. do improv. This yeah. is the time. Yeah, do it. What do else it. are you going to do, nerds? Right now? So, so then let's talk about gaming then, real quick, because you guys are playing. You're improving, but it's within a game system. Um, had either of you had backgrounds in like gaming? Were you into tabletop games at all before you started doing the show? Um, just to speak for myself, uh, the only person I can speak for. Um, yes. So I guess I started playing. D D. Now I have to do very quick math. Um, <laughs> it's perfect. D and D. Four or five years ago, um, I I had like previously had a, a background in theater and in a little bit of improv. Um, I didn't really know anything about it, um, but then when I was introduced to it, uh, I was terrified the first time uh, because the person who was DMing for me screamed at me like a goblin, and I was like, "Oh my god, what did I sign up for?" <laughs> Um, but once I got over that immediate hurdle, I was like, oh, this is just improv with like math. Like I could, right. I could get into improv with a little bit of math. <laughs> um, and I also like, I love character building. Sure. Like I love the process sure. of that. So that was really fun for me. So I was very much immediately hooked, um, on D and D. Uh, so then I, up until like, you know, yield pandemic times, like I was playing it semi-regularly, uh, when I lived in England, I used to go to um, a meetup occasionally at a pub um, where I was one of like three women. Uh. Um, <laughs> it, yeah, it was a good time. Yeah. It was fun, though, because they let us play at like level 20 sometimes. Oh, and I yeah. was like, I want to be a T-Rex. <laughs> um, so it was a good time. Um, sure. So I definitely like had a love of that. Um, and I really realized that like what I loved about it was the improv. Mm -hmm. um, so then when the 20 sided stories opportunity came about and uh, 
I was sort of being pitched it and they were like, oh, well, it's very improv heavy. I was like, oh. But, but oh. is there is there math? Can and I then there was like, there's like a little bit of math. And I was like, that is the perfect amount of math. That is very good. Yeah. Um, so it was kind of like a dream scenario for me because it's, you know, getting to play a tabletop RPG, um, getting to do the full brunt of like the improv and character work right. and still having that element of chance, which is really fun. Um, and also having, you know, that sort of personal feeling you get of adding modifiers and stuff because you're like, oh, I'm strong. <laughs> um, <laughs> So it was that on top of it definitely yeah. was like very, very appealing for me from both my love of Dungeons and Dragons and my love of acting and improv. Uh, so Twenty Side Stories was like perfect fit for what I wanted to do. And yeah, I would say it was a perfect fit for us. Like when, I mean, we've said it in different moments, uh, but I'll say it again till I die. Emily was like the perfect find for us. I think we were, it was just like immediately we were like, oh yeah. Yeah. You know, and you see like a cool rock on the beach and you're like, I'm going to put that in my pocket. That's exactly it's what like, it was. <laughs> just like that. <laughs> That's an excellent. And Jessica, had you played anything before? I had never played. I, ha I have to pretend this is a tabletop podcast. So yes, I have yes, to yes, ask yes. one tabletop Oh, yes, yes, yes. Right, right, right. This is just a, you know, do you smoke? Like, yeah. you know, basic routine. Um, right. I Social security number. Oh, yeah, yeah. I can give that to you later uh, for your Patreon listeners. For the Patreon yeah, support, yeah, yeah. yeah. Go, go. Yeah, Patreon Patreon support every guest you on the show <laughs> gives their social security number. And at a certain level, we also give their credit card number and mm -hmm. place of birth. So support the Patreon. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Identity theft is within your reach. <laughs> you have to reach for the stars if you want to Just grab. one click That's away. That's what I say. Or a couple clicks. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> I, <laughs> Tabletop? I have never... I once tried playing D and D. There was mm -hmm. um, I never played tabletop games until Twenty Sided Stories. It was Greg and Sage had been like, we want to do this more, like as a group. And I think yeah. Greg had started like a D and D campaign, but like many D and D campaigns I've heard can start and end right there. So I had like yeah. the character sheet, and I think I uh, the one character I almost played was called her name was Velosa. Um, okay. and that, and then I never got to explore it, but no, that's mm. actually not true. I don't know if it was D and D, but I know Chad who's friend of the podcast and, uh, yeah. uh, creator of station blue podcast. You can check that out. Um, he did. He will be on the show. Eventually we have talked and then we just forget to continue talking. So Chad will be on the show. Yeah. Chad, get on the show. Chad, get on the show. What are you doing? You love to talk. Chad, come on. Chad. Um, he he led like I think it was Dandy. He can correct me, but we did it in um their old garage in LA, and that was a lot of fun. So that's my ex that's my full experience with D and D. Emily playing in a pub in Britain with people with British <laughs> accents, and you in a garage in LA with cats howling and airplanes overhead. Yeah, we're so yeah, very sexy. Both of those very sexy. <laughs> Just really gives you the whole kind of vibe that you're going for. Yeah. Um, that, that's awesome. Do you guys, I imagine that you've probably talked about stuff and you can't spoil anything, but I'll ask a question anyway. Have you thought or talked about what's going to be coming up in the next season of 20 sided stories? Yes. Good. That's a great answer. Cool. I just, you know, had to ask the question. Um, are you excited about the thoughts that you have had? And discussions that may or may not have taken place regarding potential future seasons. Yes, very much. Yes, two for two. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Cool. Yes, mm -hmm. the pandemic. The pandemic really 
made us. It's putting a, a wrench in our plans. Yeah, but we yeah. were, we're we're very excited about it. <laughs> I'll, I'll ask one more and then I'll let it be. In I don't think this will be a spoiler. You're like in what the is it? In the finale of Marvel, mm. there was a moment that was hmm. at the very very end. Yeah. Uh, Somebody future, asked about this in our Discord the other day, which, which prompted I was like, oh, I need to. I saw that. I was like, I need to remember to bring that up. Um, is there potential that future possible seasons would tie into things that you've done previously? Perhaps Marvel. I think. Sage is in the chat. You the, can say whatever you want. I think the NDA friendly version of this is that there's always a possibility things will reemerge. Mm -hmm. That's excellent. That's all we were looking for. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. I also tell people that I'm under NDAs. I never am, but it certainly no. makes me sound more interesting. So, yes. Like I would tell you if I could. That's cool. Um, is there like, because like creatively, I think about that of, of like what you guys are doing, of like making stories and like playing in different universes. And there is that potential to like build this bigger cohesive story that spans different seasons that, you know, brings callbacks and whatever. Um, and that certainly to me creatively is like, oh, that would be a lot of fun to do. And so, you know, I selfishly am hopeful that at, at some point you guys kind of do that uh, callback to prior seasons, you know, multiverse something or other because that would certainly be fun as a fan That's, yes all of the characters we ever played will all be in I one mean, one shot together this is i mean that sounds <laughs> a hoot and a holler i love that idea yeah. writing it absolutely. down absolutely yeah put it in the list <laughs> so i do uh where did it go yes here we go speaking of patreon let's give a quick shout out to the role for persuasion patreon if you go to patreon yeah. roll for persuasion you can give me money um, and you can also get things for that. You can you can support me financially and make sure the show happens. And you get a bonus segment of every episode with my guests uh, coming up on a year now. So almost a year's worth of episodes uh, where you can listen to a bonus chat. Uh, we're going to do one with Emily and Jessica later. Um, we might talk about astrology, I think. I think that's what we we said we might get into, uh, which I'm not familiar with. So I'm excited to be educated. So um, you can get access to those things by supporting at patreon.com slash roll for persuasion. I am also sending out lovely gifts this week to my Patreon supporters um, with, uh, you know, special treats and fun things as a thank you for hanging out with me and helping support the show over the last year. But you can also submit questions for my guests when I remember to post and ask you to. And so I have a couple of questions for you guys from my Patreon supporters, just a couple, oh. and I'll bring them up right now. Oh, fun. Questions. As soon as my internet loads. Oh, wow. Oh, gosh. Question. Wow. wow. We, we've taught my, my, my daughter's like two and a half. And we've taught her to go, wow. Wow. And uh, wow. Yeah. Good. Didn't they? Awesome. Good. You know. Didn't the brothers go to school in Texas? The. Uh, yes. Some. The Wilson one, brothers? One of them. Yeah, I believe so. Um, Randy, Randy Quaid went to my college for a semester. So that's wow. our claim to fame. Fun. So, wow. Yeah, I'll put that in the, I'll put that in the fun facts discord later. Um, so Patreon supporter, patreon.com slash roll for persuasion. Bill says, uh, you're a new addition to the crayon box. What color would you be and why? Ooh. Hard hitting questions. To the Crayola crayon box. Well, I mean, you can, you don't have to be brand loyal. We're not sponsored by <laughs> Crayola yet. yet. Like if you're more of like a Prisma color or, Ooh. you know, Whatever, you know, go for it. Um, I feel like I would be like a jewel, jewel tone mix. 
Okay. Like, you know, those, those pencils or crayons that have like different, like as you go on, it changes colors. colors. Yeah. Yeah. But it would be all very like jewel toned. Okay. Okay. I dig it. Emily crayon color. Go. So I think because I often refer to myself as a red goth, uh, being a goth that prefers the color red to the color black, um, that I would probably, my crayon color, because Crayola loves to do fun names, uh, would definitely be red goth. And it would be like a very dark red. That is perfect. That is yeah. really, and it would just come in its own box. And it's, it's an and it's coffin crayon. shape. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Of course. Mm-hmm. That is excellent. Okay. Um, I'm going to pitch this to Crayola. I'll yeah, go yeah, back. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you, you go do that real quick. Uh, my, my other question for you guys, patreon.com slash rule for persuasion. Um, I said, uh, if you have any questions for them, please feel free to leave them below. And Patreon supporter Travis said, yeah, here's one. Why the <laughs> heck did I find out about this from an email? <laughs> I'm contractually required to, uh, to ask this question. So why did you not tell Travis that you would be on the show? We like, I did actively think about it. And then I decided it would be funnier if we didn't. If you just like showed up. I just, yeah, I sometimes I, well, we did schedule this pretty recently. That is true. This was, you know, very quick. Yeah. So it was quick turnaround. You have excuses. I have excuses. Um, oh, I did it on purpose. Oh. Jess, you can, you can say whatever you want, but I, I did didn't this really personally. I, I, it's a personal affront. I just <laughs> forgot. I told Sage in person. I was like, Hey, we're doing it. And he's like, cool. So even, even Sage did it. So Travis, you should be mad at Sage because he could have told you. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. yeah. Let's blame Sage. Uh, I do want to throw out another question, actually, that we just got in chat from Pull the Lever DM. Uh, Joe, he asks, what is your favorite Pokemon? Em, do you want to? <laughs> so uh, there's a bit of a joke in our circle, which is that I don't know anything about Pokemon. However, I do have an answer to this question now because uh, it's the only one that I've played. Uh, so I'm going to go with Macha. Yes. Um, because if you listen... Also... Plug. patrons of, of our patreon we have a whole uh mini series where travis plays his character from pokemon and he just meanders xander's um, meanders xander's so meanders he meets a lot of fun characters uh and so i've actually gotten to be a part of the pokemon universe through that which has been fun um but yeah i'm i'm just a little little construction working pokemon uh so yeah my chop's my favorite there you go solid answer and i i feel like i have a uh Back to Emily get, saying how attached we can get to our characters. Um, biasly, my favorite Pokemon would be Vulpix. Um, mm. For those who listen to the Pokemon series or anything about it. Uh, but the, can- the character I played her Pokemon was Vulpix. Pixie. So. Excellent. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a bad Pokemon nerd because I played the first game and watched like the cartoon growing up. And then I've never. There are like apparently four million Pokemon now and I could care less. Mm-hmm. So couldn't care. There's a whole him. lot. I there, like to call them fighting dogs to piss people off. Um, oh, the fighting dog I'm, game. Yeah, I'm like, really... yeah, the ones where you make animals fight for sport. Yeah, that one. <laughs> yeah, I was a fan of Digimon growing up, oh, which I feel is a far I remember superior. Digimon. Um, it had a better theme song. It looked cooler. It was it was a whole thing. But yeah. So yeah, that was the, that was our Patreon session. Uh, thank you so much, Travis, for that thoughtful, thoughtful question, um, really prompting good interaction and discussion uh, for you guys. <laughs> uh, what, we're, we're recording this right now. It's live. People on Twitch are seeing it. The episode will come out in the next couple of weeks. It's right before Christmas. I assume people aren't really going anywhere. But do you have any? Do you have any plans for the holidays? Anything you're looking forward to? Um. Um, me, Sage, and our roommate, Matt, who uh, has helped out in the podcast before. Shout out to Matt. Um, 
we are going to watch some movies. That was literally just decided uh, right before this meeting. <laughs> so that's about it. I appreciate you calling this a meeting. It makes it feel so this meeting. professional. This I You're probably wondering so, why I asked you here today. I was so excited for this. So, yeah. I, I hope it is not disappointed. No, not at all. This is, I mean... <laughs> Oh, okay. No, I mean, like, <laughs> we're in a pandemic, so, like, it's not like my days are full, full jam-packed with sure. exciting things, but I'm, I was very excited for this. She's saying the bar is low, Andrew, and you've exceeded it. her very low uh, expectations. But it's, like, low bar it's like, insane how much you exceeded the limit. <laughs> oh, shucks. The limit does not oh, exist. Call back. Mean Girls. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, that's Mean that's Girl, not math. <laughs> mean Girls. Um, I'm planning on disappearing into the woods. Like Dexter or I mean I don't think she can disclose that. <laughs> I plead the fifth. <laughs> right. It's on brand. That's the not yeah. that's the not incriminating yourself one, right? The fifth? Yeah, I, I believe so, yeah. Or insanity, yeah. who knows? Well, that's cool. Nothing nothing wrong <laughs> with the woods. Um I, I hope that you have like a structure or, you know, shelter while you're there. But if you don't, more power to you, because that would be very <laughs> cool too. Yeah, I, I'm doing a no contact road trip because I'm nice. very serious about COVID. Yeah. Um, I'm so serious that I bought myself a one of those uh, devices that uh, people who don't pee standing up can use to pee standing up so that I don't have to use rest stops. You're all uh, in. Wow. I'm all in. I bought a funnel. I'm I'm in and I'm about safety. It's a fancy way of self. calling it a funnel. I was like, I've never heard of this contraption before. <laughs> The, the upright peen <laughs> device 3.0. Yeah. It, it's like, it's specifically meant for um, stand up urination, um, the distant cousin to stand up comedy. Um, Sometimes so, not so distant. <laughs> in this case, perhaps not. <laughs> um, but yes, I, I will be safely disappearing <laughs> into the woods. That's awesome. That's awesome. I mean, the the pee thing was more information than I was going for, but I'm glad we <laughs> yeah, talked about it. No, I just I think it's I think it's the pee funnel's hilarious. No, I, I'm mostly just doing that because I know other people hate it when I talk about it. Well, so. it's actually it's one of those things that like you don't think about, but you're like, oh yeah, you know what? That is a surface you contact. It'd be a good way to eliminate <laughs> that potential uh, you know transmission vector. Yeah. Big brain thoughts. <laughs> Big brain thoughts. Well, if if people want to find you guys online and and hear more about your uh, road trip accessories, where can they go to check y'all out? God, um, well, I am at Emily Irv on both Instagram and Twitter. Uh, that's E M I L Y E R V, uh, and I I am in both of those places. And very similar, similarly, can't speak. You know, yeah. you know what I mean. Um, That's okay. It's a podcast. Talking is not important. <laughs> uh, you can uh, uh, find me on Twitter and Instagram at Jess Dog, J E S S D A H L G. Um, and don't forget that H in there. It's sneaky, it's but there. it's there. The dog. Um, like roll exactly. Dog. When I was a child, I was so stoked that my last name prefix was the same as the author of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Um, it's pretty it, sweet. It was like my, no if I was intended. a liar, I would go around being like, but that would be a really bad lie because we don't have the same last name. But I'd be like, I'm related to Roald Dahl. But your Twitter handle is, so you could just rebrand yourself. I could just lie it's about my identity. Anything can happen. Exactly. You know? And speaking of. Yeah. It's 2020. Lie. lie everybody. <laughs> That's the motto here. It's 2020. Lie. <laughs> um, don't want to talk about 
fake news, but um, you can mm. also follow 20 sided <laughs> stories. Follow us. You can. On, yes. Uh, at 20 sided stories, the number 20. Um, and then there should be a link to join our discord on our social media somewhere. Also our website, 20 sidestories.com has like ev- everything you could possibly want. Um, but yeah, join our discord, come hang out. Uh, we have transcripts of all the episodes too. I feel like we don't talk about this enough, but uh, Tiffany, who does our transcripts, is a mm-hmm. genius, and uh, we have great written down versions of the podcast. So even if you've already listened, like have a read because I miss things, and it's very funny to see them in writing. Yeah, it's it's magic, more magic, a whole different experience. So we'll drop those links. Uh, we I've dropped them in chat. And for podcast listeners, I'll put them in the show notes. Um, I want to say thank you so much to Jessica and Emily for joining me. And like I mentioned before, if you are a Patreon supporter, uh, stick around after the podcast episode and you will hear their Zone of Truth segment where we will discuss astrology and I will find out all the reasons why uh, my life is difficult and it's not my fault. (laughs) Um, So I'm very excited to to uncover all of that. Thank you guys so much for joining. Uh, It was so much fun to have you. Thank you, Andrew. Thanks for having us. This is a blast. Absolutely. And uh, until next time, guys, this has been Roll for Persuasion. Make sure you're being nice to each other. Uh, Enjoy the rest of 2020, what is left. And if you're hearing this episode, you're actually probably hearing it in 2021. So I hope that your end of 2020 was good and that it's done and gone. And we can enjoy the new year. So thank you guys so much for listening. And until next time, enjoy your games. Enjoy your games.